Good morning, guys. Uh, welcome to something that we've never done before. Uh, this is Calvary Slow's live stream version of coming together to worship Jesus, to get into Scripture, the Word, to find some words of hope, to uh, sing some songs that hopefully will bring some encouragement to you guys. Uh, so welcome to our first episode of Between Two Wispy Trees, <laughs> starring... Just kidding. So anyways, this is it's kind of a fun deal. Like, we've never done anything like this before. It's, uh, you know, don't, don't expect something to be professional, or this is just our way of kind of coming together and doing the best that we can to just try to provide some sort of encouragement to y'all that are, you know, at home in a coffee shop, gathered together with a group of other people. Um, we hope that what we were able to provide today would, if anything, just bring some words of encouragement. Um, so before, and without any further ado, I thought it'd just be good to introduce myself. If you are part of Calvary Slow Church, glad you guys are here. Just a shout out to all of you all that are uh, meeting in small groups and gathering together with different family members and friends and roommates and people that are part of your small groups. As a church, we call those community groups. Um, shout out to y'all. Um, if you are here just kind of tuning in because you saw, you know, something that was kind of rolling around on Instagram or you just ended up here and you have absolutely no clue how you got here, uh, apologize for that. Anyways, we're glad that you're here. The whole idea is we just hope that this would provide some degree of encouragement to you um, as we come together kind of in some extremely uncertain times. Um, so without any further ado, just I thought it'd be good to kind of give some intros uh, for those of you that we've never met, that we don't know. My name's Brian, Brian Stupar, and this is my good friend. Ryan Delmore. Ryan Delmore. Good, morning, Ryan. good to see you, buddy. So, yes. Hey, so, Ryan, this is awesome. Uh, thanks for being here with us today. And I thought just before we even jump in, um, you know, just kind of by way of introducing who we are you know, to maybe a group of people that maybe we've never met before. Um, tell me a little bit about who you are. Um, how long have you lived here on the Central Coast? Where do you live? Tell me about your family, what you do. Yeah. Well, I was, I was born at a, a very early age right here in San Luis Obispo. Like an infant. Sierra Vista Hospital. Nice. Yeah. So 1973 and just never left. Why would I? And, uh, yeah, married to uh, my beautiful wife, Sarah, for 25 years. we got five kids. Wow. We've got a beautiful daughter-in-law and a granddaughter. And, uh, yeah. So, so you're a grandpa. I'm a grandpa. Wow. Happy. You don't, you don't look like a grandpa. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, we live in Arroyo, and, and uh, you know, we help uh, lead worship here at, at Calvary. We love it. And, uh, yeah, we love you guys, and we're just happy to be here serving and um you know, we cook we cook pizzas down in Pismo Beach, uh, family business and Dell's I mean, Dell's Pizzeria. Yeah, and right now Dell's is, this was you didn't know I was going to do this, but right now <laughs> Dell's is having kind of like their what yearly yeah it's celebration. A, so how long has Dell's been in business? Forty seven for? years. Forty seven years. Just Amazing. before I came around. So uh, Amazing. Yeah, same year I was born. They they opened. My folks did, and yeah, we're running specials right now. Last night was insanely busy. I thought it would be a ghost town, but I mean, every restaurant, Giuseppe's, Rosa's, uh, Ada's Fish House. So people are stockpiling things like toilet paper and canned goods. Could we yeah. stockpile calzones? <laughs> you can. Okay. You can come in. Awesome. Tonight, though, we're doing spaghetti meatballs. Sp- oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. I don't mean this to be a plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But Anyways, yeah. um, so you've been playing music for about how long, too? 
Uh, going on 30 years, I think. Wow. You know, just started when I was in, in my teens and, uh, you know, fell in love with Jesus and, and music and worship all sort of wrapped up. And yeah. uh, first songs I ever tried writing were, were you know, love songs to, to Jesus. Wow. And, and um, amidst learning Bob Dylan and Tom Petty and Neil Young songs. So, yeah, you know, it's... Um, yeah, it's a gift and, and just an amazing honor to get to do uh, what, what we do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got so many amazing worship leaders here that, uh, you know, maybe they'll be up here in the, in the next yeah. couple weeks to come. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So do you uh, play music around town? Where, where I know you've kind of played around in lots of different venues. What, yeah. are, what are some more recent ones yeah. that you played around? Um, and when are you playing next? Yeah, we play... Um, we're supposed to play Saturday with my buddy Sean Clark of, of the Sean Clark family band and Ryan All's house and Phil Sims up yeah. at uh, Castoro Cellars for Zinfest, but yeah. we haven't heard back that that could actually be end yeah. up being postponed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we play all around town. We play uh, the Rack and Tour Room in uh, Tascadero. We play uh, Libertine in uh, San Luis, Morro Bay, and tons of wineries, Peacock Cellars, um, down in Arroyo. But yeah. We love getting out and playing, yeah. you know, playing our folk songs and our uh, gospel songs all mixed up together. And nice. Everyone has a good time. So, yeah, it's, great. It's, it's a good place to be. It's great. Well, thanks for being here today. Uh, we'll sing a few songs in just a moment. Um, uh, and to introduce myself, my name is Brian. If I have never met you before, uh, my wife and I moved to San Luis Obispo in 1993 uh, to plant uh, a church, to start a church. Um, uh, called Calvary Slow. Uh, we've been doing this. We've got two daughters. My oldest daughter is actually going to be married a week from today. So I won't be here actually next week. Uh, we'll have someone else filling in because I will be actually uh, marrying off my firstborn <laughs> daughter and uh, really excited about that. It's a totally new phase of our life. My youngest daughter who's been living in Portland, she's actually coming in today. So we're excited about being able to pick her up and hang out. So my two daughters are 21 years old and uh, 2023, 20, uh, going to be 24. So yeah, man, we live an incredibly rich, blessed life. Both my daughters were born here in Sierra Vista. Both went to school here. And uh, so we're, we're blessed, uh, stoked to be able to call this place home. So, but, so listen, um, kind of jumping into just some stuff happening here this morning. Um, you know, obviously our nation right now is in a really unique state of crisis, I, I don't think is an overstatement, um, which has kind of led to a lot of confusion and worry and fears and anxieties. And it's kind of created um, various shades of response. Um, you know, some people still shockingly in denial that anything is a big deal. But, you know, I think the vast majority recognizing the, the real threat of what's happening here. And what we wanted to do is um, recognize that we have this really unique opportunity to, in spite of the fact that we are not meeting as a large gathering like we do every single week in this event that we call church service or church gatherings, but what's really, this has been a reminder for us is that the, the church is not a building, it's not a brick and mortar, it's not an event. The church is a community. And I was just thinking about this, that what's happened over the past you know, 24 hours to 48 hours to a few days is that churches have kind of tried to quickly mobilize and to do things like this. And so what you have are hundreds, if not thousands, of churches uh, across America and other parts of the world 
that have just completely come out of the four walls and have come into people's homes, which is a really unique um, thing that's happened, I think, historically. But what's so cool about it is it creates a really unique opportunity for the church to really thrive, to live with some degree of consistency to the message that it proclaims, that it's all about, um, and to, um, to, to be the presence of Jesus in a really unsettling age in which we live in right now. Um, so what we're going to do is this time that we have here, we're going to get into some scripture teaching in just a, a few moments. Uh, we'll have some songs that will be sung before we do. I thought I'd just kind of cast this out uh, to those of you that are interested as well um, to be able to provide this as a service and for us as a church and for those of our church members that are kind of scattered abroad right now in various homes, um, just to uh, kind of point everybody back, if you're interested, to our website. We've got lots of information that's on there. If you have um, children at home and you're trying to figure out how do, we, how do we move forward without children's ministry, like our church typically on a Sunday morning gathering, we've got children's ministry services that are available, which is awesome. Um, and we, we, we really enjoy being able to provide those types of services. Um, but this becomes a really unique opportunity for parents to, to lovingly come alongside their kids in this moment themselves, to train them, to love them, to point them to Jesus in really unique ways. And so if you go to www.calvaryslow.com forward slash coronavirus, hopefully that should be easy enough to remember, calvaryslow.com forward slash coronavirus. Or if you just go to the front page, there should be a link that just takes you directly to that um, there's a bunch of information on there, um, kind of a little video message that we had put together, uh, has some information on there about how you can help lead your kids with some ideas and concepts um, that will hopefully be helpful for you. And over the next week or so, or a few weeks, um, uh, we'll be modifying that page that will kind of be the go-to page. Um, so this is sort of a, a, a pilot, a test pilot. So this is like a first introduction into, um, you know, moving into this. So we'll be doing this for at least two weeks, probably three weeks, perhaps even more. But um, we're going to just be watching and monitoring the whole circumstance um, nationwide very closely and also how it affects us regionally um, in the state of California and particularly on the central coast of California and San Luis Obispo and whatnot. Um, so that being said, just make sure that you pay attention to that website. Um, and then lastly, I'll just say before we kind of get into some singing, some songs, just to make you aware of a couple opportunities uh, by which you can contribute if you'd like to help. And again, we realize that if you're just tuning in, you're not part of our church family, you can completely uh, dismiss this. There's no reason whatsoever for you to feel any obligation whatsoever. But if you would like to contribute and give, there's some simple ways at which you can do that. Um, again, if you just go to the website, um, uh, calvaryslow.com forward slash coronavirus. There's information right there or just on the website itself. There's a slide for you to check out as well. Again, there's just simple ways. There's no obligation. If you'd like to, if you're benefited by this, wonderful. It'll all just go back into serving the community in multiple different ways. Um, if not, it's totally cool. But if this is a benefit to you, hopefully uh, you, can, you can help us out in that way. We are a crowdsourced, crowdfunded uh, ministry and organization that does what we do by the many, many people that just are encouraged by this and are able to contribute. So anyways, that being said, I got a really special word I'm going to share with you guys out of a really uh, famous psalm. I'll do that in a minute. Um, but before we do that, I thought it'd just be fun to have Ryan 
play a couple of songs um, that I think would be meaningful to you guys that would listen and or Ryan as you play it. So tell us a little bit about these and then uh, yeah. let's jump in. Yeah. Um, uh, this first one's called Carry Me Along, and uh, we sing it here at church. Um, our good friends Matt and Leanne Barker wrote it together. Uh, it's a beautiful married couple, and he leads worship here uh, with his sons. And um, they wrote this song after going through uh, probably one of the hardest things a couple can go through. And, uh, and I think it just, the, the weight of the words, it, it just carries such power and hope. And it's taking the worst thing and, and directing it in, back to Jesus. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've just, uh, I hope as we sing it, as, as I play it, that uh, you guys be lifted up. And, and so, uh, yeah, carry me along. Carry me along, Holy Spirit Let me walk in the path of your life Carry me along, Holy Spirit Let me walk in the path of Heavy lady, your comfort. 
perspective that just nothing else seemed to not be able to so thank you um we'll finish with a couple songs too in just a moment um i wanted to just read um a psalm that is pretty familiar probably the most familiar psalm if not one of the most familiar passages in the entire bible I just thought it would be appropriate, especially for um, events of past week and perhaps what lay ahead um, in regards to the degree of uncertainty that we face. Um, but here's what's amazing about the Christian message is that it is a, is a word of hope in the midst of something that is otherwise uh, hopeless, Right. And that's what makes the Christian message so unique. Um, but it's a whole storyline. So I, I just want to read this psalm, and I'll make a few comments, and then we'll just kind of wrap it up with a, with a song or two and uh, give you an opportunity. If you are someone that has tuned in and maybe you're not a Christian or you're just trying to make sense of um, the claims of Jesus or you're just trying to make sense of the chaos around you, and like I said, you just somehow stumbled in 
on this uh, live stream. Um, so if anything, just listen to the words. In fact, what I want to do right now, if, if you're part of our church family and you're meeting in a community, this might be a kind of a unique opportunity. Um, I, I normally wouldn't say this, um, but it's an opportunity for you to actually mute me. Um, yes, you heard me say that. Mute me. Um, not mutiny. Mute me. Um, and then read the passage, Psalm 23, within your group. So I'll, I'll read it slowly. So if you'd like right now, maybe someone within your group could um, open up to Psalm 23. And you can go ahead and someone in your group can just offer uh, to read that. Or if you really want to get creative, someone could read one verse, another person can read another verse. But go ahead and get started reading that right now. Uh, the rest of you who maybe either don't have a Bible or don't have access to one um, or aren't part of a community, you're just kind of tuning in while you're in your pajamas, which is awesome, by the way, drinking your cup of coffee, wherever you're at, somewhere around the world. Um, welcome again. Glad you have tuned in. I'm going to read Psalm 23. I'm going to make it just a couple brief comments, and then we will just uh, wrap things up with some final concluding thoughts. But Okay, so Psalm 23 begins like this. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me even in the presence of my own enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, this, this psalm is one of those psalms that so many people turn to, especially in moments of, of chaos or calamity or loss, or grief, or uncertainty, or death. Um, and I think there's a good reason for that, because I think what it does is it addresses the guttural level ache that we all feel. And there's this deep sense, I think, in every human being of we are alone, and that we are left to our own vices to try to make sense of the chaos around us. Um, so we've, as a nation, we've basically moved within just a few short days from a relative sense of ease and comfort and security and to some degree predictability, right? Um, everything's relative, of course. I mean, there are places in the United States right now where poverty rules and reigns, and that is the normal. Right, So I want to acknowledge that, that it's just because we live in America doesn't mean that every single American has the same degree of privilege that every other American does. But the fact of the matter is, as a whole, we've moved from a place of all of this over into a state right now of chaos, um, to some degree pandemonium, to some degree where people are, are freaking out, standing in long lines to buy large amounts of toilet paper at Costco, which if you did that, no judgment, it's all good. Uh, but the point of the matter is, is it's, it tr it's triggered something inside of us that says we are losing control. We need to do everything we can in our fiber and our being to regain control. Which, what Psalm 23 basically says is that there's another source um, of order 
in the universe. And, and that is why I think that this psalm has been so reassuring for so many people for almost 3,000 years. Is <laughs> because it, it shows that, hey, Ryan, you're not in control of everything and you can chill out, you can calm down. You don't have to feel like uh, you have to figure out all the answers to every other form of chaos in your life. Um, I, have, I, can, I can look at my own self and realize I don't have to somehow determine every single answer to every single form of chaos or grief or sorrow or questions in my life. Um, there's another source that I can look to. And that's what I think the psalm reminds us. And there's two words that just, three words that actually really kind of come off the page for me that I thought would just be worthy of highlighting for you to consider to think about. Uh, the, the one word is the word lead, and the second word is feed, and the third word is restore. This is what the psalmist says, that he leads me, he feeds me, and he restores me. Um, he leads me, and as, as I was thinking about this, he says, he leads me. The Lord is my shepherd. God is my shepherd. And again, he uses this analogy, which kind of, it's funny, just three weeks ago, I was actually in Israel, and I remember driving along in the bus and looking out, and there are actually still to this day um, large uh, communities of people called Bedouin, Bedouins, and they actually live off of the land, and they um, raise sheep. They're, they're literally shepherds. So it's not uncommon to actually drive on this you know, high-tech freeway and then look off to the side, and you see a flock of you know, 100 sheep with, with a shepherd out there. Like with, I mean, we're talking old school, cane in hand. Um, he might have a cell phone with him, which is so ironic still to me this day. But the point of the matter is, is he's leading a sheep. And he's leading a sheep to green pastures. So when his sheep kind of devour one, and I, you know, I, I'm starting to talk out of my league now because I'm not a shepherd. I'm not really super familiar with all that. But the point of the matter is, is that what David is, is borrowing from is this analogy of shepherding. And he says, the Lord, the Lord is like that to me. I'm not alone. I'm not in a state of free fall. I don't have to be alone. I don't have to be in a state of free, in a free fall. And this, this message, in some ways, is so profound, especially in the context of, of America today, because we pride ourselves. We are a nation of rugged individualists. <laughs> we are a nation that prides ourselves of, I can do it alone. I can figure this out on my own. I can remove myself from the status of poverty or brokenness or hurt of sorrow or grief, and I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps and figure it out on my own. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know, there's, there's a population, a vast population, I think, in America that cannot do that or have attempted that and they've failed and they feel the ache in their soul of like, I can't do it. And then the other community of people that are able to somehow claim that I did do that, um, oftentimes their souls are defined by pride and arrogance and condescension to everybody who has not been able to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. And it creates a culture of, of us and them, the ins and the outs, the, those who have and those who have not. Um, and yet what the psalmist seems to be reminding us that all of us are like sheep. Um, later, one of the Old Testament prophets uh, would write, all of us are like sheep and all of us, without exclusion, all of us have gone astray. Um, and this taps into the very storyline of the Bible itself that basically goes all the way back to the very beginning, introductory lines where we're introduced to two main characters uh, known as Adam and Eve. And they were faced with a choice of obeying the voice of the shepherd, God, Yahweh, 
or to obey the voice of their, their own personal instinct, um, which I, I like to think of it this way. Our own instinct, you know, the whole line, let your conscience be your guide. Um, that is a recipe at minimum for getting lost, at maximum total destruction and chaos. Um, all of us as human beings, we have what I like to describe as just nothing more than a broken GPS. We have a GPS that's gone astray, and it misleads and misguides us all the time. And so that's super consistent with the way the Old Testament prophets describe that all of us are like sheep who've gone astray. But what Jesus reminds us in the story of the New Testament is that he's like the good shepherd that actually leaves the 99 that are like still doing stuff right or that are part of this fold to go out after the one that has gone astray. And this is what a good shepherd does. He leads his sheep. He leads them. He, uh, listen to how he describes it. He leads them to uh, lie down in green pastures. Uh, he leads them beside still waters. Uh, he leads them to paths of righteousness for your name's sake. This, this phrase, paths of righteousness, is a really interesting one because it's a way of describing the opposite of a path of righteousness would be a path of, of non-unrighteousness or injustice is, is another way of thinking about it. We as human beings, no matter how much we feel an ache for things being right, or the Bible word for that is righteous, we still find ourselves part of a system and we're part of that system. So we can't just simply accuse the system. We're part of that system of, inju- of injustice. And we can't break out of that cycle. But what the psalmist seems to be implying here is that the, the Lord, the good Lord, who's a good shepherd, will actually lead us to paths of righteousness, of putting this world that's so out of kilter and out of whack and is broken back to right. That's what it, that's what it means to walk in paths of righteousness. Um, the second word is, the first word is lead. The second word is the word feed. He says that he feeds me. This is the famous passage in verse five, which says, uh, you prepare for me a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I love this imagery. It's the picture of a, of a banquet. And one of the common phrases, in fact, I like to think of it this way. Uh, Christianity, if you were to ask people, you know, what do you think about when you think about Christi- Christianity in terms of an emblem, um, typically people would think of a cross or a crucifix. Um, actually, I think the, it would be better to think of Christianity, not by way of, I mean, a cross is an important you know, item as well, um, and I don't think it should ever be demoted, but it's so important uh, in, in what it represents. But I think equally along the same lines is Christianity can be identified as a table. A table. Uh, Jesus is oftentimes describing parties where all sorts of people are being invited, and some because they feel self-satisfied. They feel like they got it all figured out or they're individualist, meaning they fit the, the American typical status quo criteria of like, I can figure this out on my own. No, thank you. I don't need free food. Um, I'm not into welfare. I, I'll figure it out myself. Thank you. Um, Jesus then describes these images of, I'm going to spread a table for you and offer to you a new form of life. And this is what we see, I think, the psalmist is reminding us. And, and it's not really ultimately until we come to the person of Jesus that we see to what extent Jesus would go to basically spread a table. In fact, one of the chief images of Jesus prior to him dying uh, on the cross, which is what we're coming up to in the season of, of Easter. Right now we're in the season, what's called Lent, that precipitates Easter as we think about his death is he takes bread and a cup and he breaks the bread and he gives it to his disciples 
And this is his like last great act before he's going to be betrayed and then arrested and then brutally uh, tortured and then crucified um, by a Roman executioner. Jesus is inviting people to the table. And I think this is this picture and that we're all invited to this table. And what the psalmist kind of depicts is this image of God actually restoring our soul. Um, I like to think of the word restore in the context of renewal and revival. Um, And those words can be loaded based upon whatever context you come from. But either way or however you like to think of it, it's God bringing the end result. God is the one which creates this picture that I, as a human being, I'm filled with deficiencies. I'm filled with moments of anxiety and worry. And that's what makes this unique season in our life so profound is that we moved as a nation from a place of we got it together. We are able to, you know, worry about all sorts of things that are just non-essential type things, you know, meaning like, you know, bandwidth of how fast my download speeds are too. What am I going to binge next? Because I'm freaking out because there's so many good options to choose from. All of these things are real. The struggle is real. But what we've just been reminded of over the past few days is we are a lot more vulnerable than we've ever dared to think. Which means life is far more fragile than we could ever even have imagined. And it means that we, that we are susceptible Which means, ultimately, at the end of the day, we're not as in control of our lives as we dare to think that we really are. That's what this moment is all about. And this is a moment right now I want to invite you to consider an entirely different narrative. A narrative that is different from the narrative that, as Americans, we, for the most part, cling to and hold to and long for somehow to bring forth the fruits that it promises. Meaning... You pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You live according to your own rugged individualism. You do whatever it is that pleases you and it will bring you life and satisfaction. I think moments like this are little windows to say it doesn't work. It has limited mileage. Uh, It has expiration dates that are the fine print. And this is an invitation, cultural moment for us to look at a different narrative, one that says, actually, God is a good shepherd. He loves us. He is the shepherd actually lays his life down for a sheep and gives himself in exchange uh, for our brokenness. He himself is broken so that we who live our lives in vulnerability and brokenness can actually be given a life of protection and being led and being fed and guided by him. We're not alone. That's what this psalm reminds us. And that's what I want to remind you right now in the midst of a coronavirus infested world To some degree, we have no idea how long this will go on, but what we can recognize is that the story of the scripture was one that was deeply rooted in times of uncertainty and loss and grief. And these were people from thousands of years ago that were clinging to the hope of God being one that would guide them and sustain them. So I want to finish just with some final thoughts that I don't know where you're at or how this kind of resonates with you or how you even think about this, but my hope would be that if you are a follower of Jesus, that in this season you would you would press into the hope that Jesus gives and at the same time be aware of the fact that there's neighbors, there's people around us. I want to end in just a second here afterwards with some um, action items that you can consider, but recognize there are people around us that are filled with deep anxieties and yet we have this message, this truth, this hope, this God, this shepherd-like God 
who loves us, who will lead us, who will feed us, who will revive us, restore us, renew us. And to be the life of Jesus everywhere you're at. If you're listening and you're tuning in, maybe you're not a Christian, you're trying to make sense of the claims of Jesus. Maybe you've got some major hangups. Maybe you have been through moments of incredible chaos. and Maybe some of the chaos of your life has actually been at the hands of people that have claimed to represent this, this God to you. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for those moments of pain and anguish that, uh, that you have received at the hands of people that have claimed to represent the Good Shepherd. That, that does not rightly represent the Good Shepherd. My hope would be that you would be introduced to the Good Shepherd who loves you, who cares for you, who invites you to trust him. Um, for you, if you would like to trust this God and turn your heart to him, and again, there may be a whole... Uh, response in terms of what does that mean next. Um, I want to pray for you, and I'll pray for you in just a second here, that if you would like to give your life to Jesus and trust him as your Savior, trust him as your good shepherd, um, I'm going to ask you to just repeat after me in your own heart if that's something that you feel comfortable doing. Um, If you're in a group of people, you can just Pray quietly in your heart. And if you do pray, I want to give you an opportunity to, to connect with us. We want to know how we can serve you and help you. And I'll talk about that in just a second here. So I just want to pray. If that's you, you're not a Christian, you want to find hope, you want to look to Jesus, you don't, might not even know exactly what that looks like or means for you. Again, you might have a lot of objections and hang-ups, but you know deep inside your soul you need a shepherd. You need one that will lead you and feed you and revive you. I want to just lead you in just a simple prayer to trust him. So you can repeat after me. Um, I'll pray. I'll close my eyes. If you'd like, you can do that as well. Again, there's, it's not magic, so it's not going like, to do anything special. Um, but it's just a way of just kind of closing our minds, our, 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 our perceptions to just focus on Jesus. So I'll pray. You can repeat after me, and then we'll finish with a song. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I confess my wandering heart. Jesus, I confess my need for you. I recognize that these anxieties and these worries and these fears have controlled me. And I want to be free. I turn my heart to you, Jesus, as the shepherd. I want you, Jesus, to show me the path to life and give me new hope. I trust you with who I am. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, um, if you just go to our, our website, calvaryso.com, um, alone, you can just, there's some information right there. We have a web uh, address or a email address. You can just directly uh, send something to us at info at calvaryso.com. Um, or again, you can just go back to calvaryso.com forward slash coronavirus coronavirus. It's going to have all the information right there. It's got email information. You just click a button, it'll automatically just email. We'd love to know how we can serve you and help you and pray for you. So I just want to finish with a a closing song. Ryan's going to lead us in just the closing song. In fact, I would love for you to play two songs. I know our game plan was to kind of go for like 45 minutes and we're just like right at that time right now. But, you know, songs are songs and they're awesome. So I'd love for you to play one of your songs and then finish with that other song. Is that cool? Absolutely. Is that cool? Yeah. All right, what song are you going to play of yours? Well, just based on what you're sharing, um, there's a, a newish song that uh, I wrote. It's called Shepherd of My Soul. Ah, sweet. So, um, you know, it's cool how those things work. It's amazing. But I'll, I'll give it a shot. Awesome. All right. Mm-hmm.
Lead me in the path of life Dangers all around me Keep me, Jesus, by your side Let your love surround me
Just a final thought or two just to pass on to y'all. One, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you tuned in late, uh, you can always go back and watch the whole deal. Uh, the second thing, I think this is, this is the most important thing. Um, 
because we live in such troubled times and because you might be someone that might not be at risk, you're not vulnerable, you don't fit the demographic, you're healthy, you wash your hands, you use sanitizer, you're all good. However, there may be an extra neighbor that's feeling deep anxiety, deep worry. There may be in the 70 age plus range. Um, They might have a compromised Mm -hmm. immune system. They might be feeling a deep sense of agony and fear and worry. Um, What I want to encourage each of you in your own communities. Now, I'll talk specifically to Calvary Slow Church. Uh, The rest of you all, you can tune out if you want. You can just listen. Uh, But specifically to Calvary Slow friends and family that are part of this church family, please think about what it looks like to actually be the church. Um, maybe if you've never met next door neighbors, maybe if you lived in an area for a length of time and you don't even know the name of the person across the street from you, you don't even know the name of the dog that they walk every single day and you see, this is a unique window of time to completely change it around, change that narrative, to get to know your next door neighbors, especially those that are in that vulnerable sphere and the worried. And maybe it could be as simple as you doing two things. One, showing up, you know, just saying hi to them um, and just dropping in and knocking on their door and just saying, hey, I want to introduce myself. I hadn't met you before. Um, is there anything I can do to help you? I mean, I would imagine you're probably worried just like a lot of other people are. Is there anything that you need? You need some food. You need prescriptions picked up. You need a meal delivered to you. You need your lawn mowed. Is there anything that we can do to help you out? Be an agent of life and blessing in their life. Um, if that's hard, download the app. Uh, I think it's called Nextdoor. Um, and you can just kind of log into that and figure out ways to get to know the people that are in your neighborhood. And again, you can just put a post on there just saying, we, we want to help out in any way. Uh, last thing I'll just say is that because San Luis Obispo has just kind of um, closed all the schools, there's a lot of uh, families, uh, in particular, I'm thinking about single, single folks, single parents, um, that have kids that are now going to be at home um, beginning tomorrow that are going to be in need, that maybe they might not be able to go to work. This is a unique opportunity for those of you that follow Jesus, that want to be an agent of change, to really be the church, not just be a building, not just be an activity, but to be the church, which means to be an agent of life and hope, to step into other people's lives and just make yourself available in any way that you can help. So lastly, I'll just say this. If, if any of you are watching and you have needs. If you are watching, maybe you're not part of a community, uh, we would love to invite you to be part of our community, at least right now virtually. You know, don't, don't come here. Um, we'll, we'll quarantine you. We'll wash you in sanitizer. Just kidding. But if you need anything, please just go to www.calvaryslow.com forward slash coronavirus. Uh, there's information right there. Email us. Let us know. If you need money, to pay for your prescriptions, if you need a meal made, whatever, please just talk to us and we will mobilize people within our community to do whatever it is we can to help you. If you just need someone to pray with you because you're just dealing with anxiety, please, we're here. We're here. Um, we will make ourselves available. That's what we're here for um, in this moment of just chaos. Um, listen, I want to finish with these words. May the grace, mercy, and peace from the triune God be yours. It's a benediction. It's a way to remind us that that's the story we can find ourselves in. God bless you guys. Hopefully today was helpful. Uh, Spend the rest of your time, the day, hanging out with your friends, uh, being an agent of life and blessing in this age of uncertainty. 
God bless you guys. See ya. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Actually, I won't be here because I'm going to be marrying my daughter next week. How crazy is that? Later.